I'm really excited to be sharing it with you tonight. We've got obviously conversations with Jesus, the new series that we've been doing. This evening is part two. If you missed part one, check it out. It's on all good. It's, on, it's in all good bookstores, but it's not. It's on YouTube. Uh, so get on it. It's great. And I'm really excited as we kind of just delve into who Jesus is by looking at the conversations that he had. Because I think as we look at who Jesus was speaking to, what he was speaking about, um, and, and, and what he was saying, we actually learn a lot about the character of Jesus. And as Christians, our desire should be to reflect Jesus, right? Is that anyone, does anyone here want to reflect Jesus this evening? Now, to, again, I thought a few more people in church would be about that. Come on, 6 p.m., we're noisy, right? Where's all this sudden, sudden bashfulness come from? We're noisy here. Um, and I think as we, we learn more about the character of Jesus, we're actually able to learn how we can reflect Him better and better. But before I do that, I just want to say, I think we should give, give another round of applause just for Pastor Dean for sharing with us about compassion. He's going to be in the foyer after the service. And I just want to encourage us as young people, let's get around this. Hey, let's not be the generation that stood by when we could have made a difference. Let's not be the generation that chose smashed avo over helping people in need. Let's be the generation that actually stood up and said, I'm ready to put my money where my mouth is and make a difference in this world. So just encourage you to get out there um, and check it out. And it's... Um, such an amazing thing. I know when we get letters from our sponsor kids, it's always kind of so special seeing kind of what they're up to. And they're always so encouraging and, and so cute. So recommend go and check that out. Hey, I wonder if you've ever felt like the feeling of, here we go again. Turn to the person beside you and say, here we go again. I wonder if you've ever felt like that. Maybe uh, it's, you know, I don't know if this happens to anyone else, but... I love chicken nuggets from McDonald's, um, but I don't really love the nuggets. And this segment not sponsored by McDonald's, but you know, hit us up um, if you can. And, but I don't actually really love nuggets. What I really love is the sauce. Amen. Who else, any nugget sauce lovers here this evening? Sweet and sour, I think it is. Oh, it's beautiful. And I don't know if you've ever had this, this, this experience where you get nuggets in the drive-thru. You get home, you open the bag, there's your nuggets, there's your chips, there's your Fanta. No, no one gets Fanta. There's your Coke. And then you're like, hang on, where is the sauce? Now, it's okay. If it happens once, I've got grace for that, all right? I'm a pretty forgiving person. I'll forgive you, Maccas. Um, but when it starts to happen again and again and again, you can start to feel like, here we go again. And I don't know, maybe you've had a similar experience with a different thing. Uh, the experience that I've had recently that, that uh, it's just, it's so raw and fresh in my mind. Um, as pretty well anyone who's spoke to me ever knows, I really like riding mountain bikes. It's, it's my thing. It's my exercise. It's my social life. It's, it's what, I, what, you know, kind of refreshes me. Um, and I went, up, went through a period of, of here we go again. And, and what was happening was as I was riding my mountain bike, and, and this is a tire 
this is the wheel off my old bike. I bought it. Um, so if you see dirt all over me, it's because I've been handling this. And my wife is probably saying, like, why did you wear a white shirt? And I'm saying, I agree with you, honey. I don't know why. Should have worn black. Um, but as you can see, it's, it's all, you know, it's all intact and everything. There's nothing broken. It's a decent wheel for a, a long time ago. But it's got an issue here. I don't know if you can see that. Uh, you don't need to know a lot about bikes to know that that shouldn't do that. Uh, if you want to ride it. it you know, it's still rideable, it just kind of sucks all the joy out of it, because, and it also ruins your rim, just by the way, so don't, don't ride it with a flat, flat wheel. Um, now, this is an unfortunate thing to happen. Agreed? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever got a flat tire on your bike. It's not usually something that happens every time you ride your bike. Um, and I know for me, I got back to Australia, got back into mountain bike riding. I went like six months, eight months, ten months, no flats. I'm like, this is great. Maybe I'm just better at riding now and I don't get flat tires. And then I got a flat tire. And I was like, dang, that sucks. And, you know, it always happens with me at the best times, like when I ride down the, the mountain bike trails in Ghibli Park. And usually when I get to like Withcott down the bottom, that's usually where I get the flat tire. <laughs> so then I have to carry my bike all the way up to the top. And this was frustrating me. Uh, but it happened once and I thought that's okay. And then it happened again. And then it happened again. And I thought, we have a problem here. Here we go again. Now I, my immediate thought was I've got to get air in this tire. And so I tried everything. And by everything, I mean, I, I got a thicker tire, I got another, sorry, I got a tube, I got another tube, because that's when you get a flat tire, it's the tube inside that's gone flat. Um, I got another tube, and I, then I got this tube, and then I also got this tube, and these are just the ones that I kept. Now, the, the common thing all these tubes have is that they all have a hole in them. None of them keep air. So, as you can see, I was unsuccessful in my attempts to fix my tyre. See what's happened, and, and even with this one, I even got fancy. I thought, you know what, I'm sick of paying, you know, like $10 for a new tube. I'm, I'm going to get a patching kit. So I've tried to patch it. Um, if you've got keen eyes, you'll see there's two patches on there, aka the first patch didn't work, but if it doesn't work, try, try again. Slapped another patch on there, still broken. And uh, this was becoming really, really frustrating for me. As you can see, that's a lot of good rubber there that is, uh, has got holes in it. And every time I was trying to fix this issue with my tyre, I kept coming back to, it must be the tube. It must be the tube. If I just change the tube, if I just put some more air in the tube, if I just put less air in the tube, maybe I've got too much air in the tube. If I put a patch on the tube, if I pull the tube out, maybe I'll be able to fix my problem. See, the issue is, I have now discovered, the issue was not the tube. The issue is that inside this part, the rim of the wheel, there's a little bit of metal sticking out that shouldn't be there. It wasn't designed that way. It was never meant to be that way. But it means that every time I put my t a tube in the tire, I end up with a hole. And I think that life can be a little bit like this sometimes when we think that we're addressing the correct problem, trying to find a solution, but we actually miss that the problem is a little bit deeper. And, and rather than just taking my problem at surface value, I had to actually dig a little deeper. And I've called the message tonight, Stuck at the Surface. 
Because sometimes I think in life we can get stuck at the surface, just seeing things how it is and maybe getting caught in the same rut. I don't know if everyone's ever felt like that. I'm stuck at the rut. Or maybe you've just struggled with the same thing for a long time. Or maybe you make a New Year's resolution and then two months in or three months in, it's like that was what was the point in doing that? Maybe there's something in your life that it's like no matter how hard you try not to, you keep ending up there and you're asking yourself, you think there must be, there must be more to the story. There must be more than just this is how it is, stuck at the surface. And what I want to do this evening is to return to the conversation. I've got dirt all over my hands. Return to our conversation with Jesus and the woman at the well. Now, if you were here last week, you'll know, quick summary, Jesus shows up at this well. He goes to the well intentionally to speak to this Samaritan woman. Crazy counter-cultural on so many levels. This woman's like, you shouldn't be here. You shouldn't be speaking to me. Jews don't speak to Samaritans. Jesus is a Jew. She is a Samaritan. And yet he's like, you know what? All of that aside, I want a conversation with you. And what that means for our life is that no matter who you are or where you've been, or what you've done, Jesus is inviting you to a conversation with Him. He's not here to judge you. He's not here to make you feel bad. He wants to get to know you. He's inviting you in to a conversation. And this evening, I want to keep going and have a look at what kind of conversation it is. Are you ready this evening? Uh, So we saw, uh, we read last week in John 4, 9, the Samaritan woman said to him, said to Jesus, you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Now, if you remember from last week, Jesus sits down at this well in the middle of the day and says to this woman, can you get me a drink? Now, this is weird on so many levels. Like the ladies, they're like, are you talking to me? Uh, I don't work with the Department of Water Services. I don't, you don't even have a, like, what's going on here? Like, why are you asking me? Of all people, why are you asking me? And Jesus still starts this conversation. And so she says... We shouldn't, be, we shouldn't be talking, man. Like, you know the culture. Why are you talking to me? Uh, and then it says, in the next verse, Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. So Jesus is saying, give me a drink. And she says, what? Uh, why are you asking me for a drink? How can you ask me for a drink? And then Jesus fires back with, you know what? You should have asked me for a drink. It's like, hang on. And the Samaritan woman, she's clearly confused at this level, at this point. She says, sir, you have nothing to draw with. And this well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Then she goes on, are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself and also did his son's and his livestock. So Jacob was the one that actually dug the well that they're, that they're talking at. So one minute, he's asking her for a drink. The next minute, asking her for a drink, inviting her into a conversation. The next minute, now hang on, you should ask me for a drink. I wonder what's going through this woman's head. Like, it's strange enough that he's talking to me, but, but something's drawing me in because it's like he's, he's stepping over all these boundaries that our society has set and he's interested in me. Um, and then, then, you know, this kind of hesitancy, like, hang on, like, uh, should I, can, can I get you a drink? And Jesus is like, no, you should get me a drink. It's like, what? And, and then she's like, and where are you going to get that water? Like, she's looking at him and this is a well. You need a bucket. You can't just 
There's not a tap, Jesus. They haven't been invented yet. Like, what's, what, what's going on? What, what are you getting at? She even says, so what, you think you're greater than our ancestors? I mean, like, our ancestors dug this well, and you're saying you're better than them? It doesn't make any sense. And what's happening is she's getting stuck at the surface. Jesus is talking about deeper things. He's talking about not some physical water. He's actually talking about something deeper, but she's kind of stuck at the surface. And I think it can be so easy for us as humans to get stuck taking things at face value. We can, in a sense, get stuck at the surface. I wonder how often we, we ask people how they're going and we settle for the surface answer. You know, how you going? I'm good. Great. That's good. Even though maybe, maybe we, we sense something's off. Sometimes we can just settle for the surface answer. Um, how's your day been? Uh, or maybe even we, we, we don't even want to really engage because we've seen something and we won't dig into the story that might be behind the story. We just see how it is and step back and say, hey, that's, that's complicated. You know, maybe you've seen a, a person like that and it's like, look, they, I'm just going to avoid that because that's, that's a complex situation to be in. But what we see here with Jesus is that his character is not to judge us from, the, from afar. His character is not to skim the surface. You're doing good? That's great. Glad about that. Jesus' character isn't just looking for empty words or cute cliches or blanket statements. Jesus is actually inviting us to share our whole heart with him. What he wants to do, this living water that he's offering is not some surface level thing. He actually wants to get deep into what's inside of us and make a change from the inside out. Isn't that a beautiful thing about Jesus? So the first thought we can see is that Jesus sees beyond the surface. What he's really saying is not, hey, you look thirsty. Let me give you some water. What he's saying is, hey, I can see that you are missing something, that you are searching for something, that, that something, you're looking for something, and I actually have what it is that you're looking for. And then Jesus answers her, it says in verse 13, everyone who drinks this water, talking about the well, everyone who drinks this water, physical water, will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst Indeed, the water I give them will become a spring of water welling up to eternal life. He's saying, hey, I've got something to offer you that goes way beyond what you could ever have dreamed and what you could ever imagine. And her response in verse 15 is, uh, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw Water. Now remember the context from last week, the reason that she's at the well in the middle of the day because, is because the rest of her community has rejected her. The, reason that, the only reason you go to the well in the middle of the day in the desert is because you don't want to be seen by people or people don't want to see you. See, most people go to the, water, go to the well early in the morning when it was cool or in the evening when, when the, the, out of the midday sun, but there she is when she knows that no one's going to see her. And I can just imagine that coming back to this well every day, it's a reminder that nobody likes you. You don't belong here. We don't accept you. Each day she's coming back to the well. And we're, starting to, we're beginning to see her heart that she, she doesn't want to be there. She doesn't want to be at the well. She says, can you give me this water so that I don't have to keep coming back to this place? I don't want to be at the well. I don't want to be here in the middle of the day. The thing is, is that Jesus is speaking of deeper things, but she's still stuck 
at the surface. Like, if you just give me some water that maybe I could take home with me, then I wouldn't have to keep coming here. I wonder what's going through her head. Like, you know, if, if you gave me some water, then I wouldn't have to come to this place that reminds me of my brokenness. I wouldn't have to come to this place that reminds me that I've been rejected and reminds me that I'm alone and reminds me that I don't belong. And maybe she's thinking, you know, Jesus is talking about this water and, and she just wants to be comfortable. So it's like, just, if you could just give me some water so I wouldn't have to come here anymore, then Jesus, that would be great. She wants Jesus, I guess, to treat the symptom instead of realizing that Jesus actually has the cure. She wants Jesus to change the tube instead of actually realizing that Jesus wants to fix the wheel. He actually wants to enter into the brokenness and rewrite a more beautiful story from the inside out. I wonder how often we get stuck at the surface maybe stark at surface level fixes. Like I know I, I, I can't really afford it, but maybe if I like rework my finances, I could afford that car loan and, and, and get that new car. And then maybe I would actually feel accepted. Or, or maybe if I just like push my body a little bit harder and, and maybe if I just eat a little bit less, then maybe I could feel confident like it seems other people are. Or maybe on a spiritual level, if I could just read my Bible more and, and, and spend some more time in worship, then maybe I could actually finally feel worthy of God's love. If I could just get a partner, if I could just be in a relationship, then maybe I'd be less lonely. Or if I could just, if I could just sleep with some more people, then, then maybe I would actually start to feel a little bit valuable. If I could impress these people, maybe I could get over that feeling of rejection. And sometimes we can get stuck at the surface looking for something, looking for a quick fix, looking for something to heal that thing that we, we know something's up and we just don't know how to fix it. But the issue is we, we need an actual solution. These things aren't all bad things, but these things aren't the solution to, that you are looking for. These are band-aids to a deeper solution. Just like Panadol, Panadol manages pain. It doesn't actually cure the pain. Some of these things, they might make you feel better for a moment, but in the end, you're going to be left feeling like you were before. Like if you have a, a cavity in your gum, like if you've got a big old hole in your tooth, taking Panadol is going to help you to manage the pain, but Panadol is not going to magically make your tooth regrow, right? We all know that. Even more so, Panadol is not going to teach you how to have good gum health and to floss like the dentist tells you. Uh, Panadol is not going to do that. Panadol is just there to manage the pain. Being the party guy might make you feel like the man. It might make you feel like everyone loves you. But if there's something that's not right on the inside, you're going to be left feeling the same way. Abusing drugs and alcohol might give you a temporary high, but in the end, it's just going to leave you feeling the same. It's not going to heal your depression. It's not going to make you feel like you're welcome. And sometimes we can get stuck at the surface looking for a surface level solution to a heart deep problem. And then we see something really shocking. So, so here's this lady, I mean, she's kind of, she's obviously not getting the point, but she's at least saying, okay, Jesus, I'm keen. She's like, give it to me. Now, if I was at Jesus, if I was Jesus at this point, I'd be like, fantastic, all right, here it is. But, but Jesus does something really strange. And we read on in verse 16, he told her, go 
and call your husband and come back. She says, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you're right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you've had five husbands and the man you have now is not your husband. What you've said is quite true. Like, ooh. Jesus, why do you have to be so savage? Like, talk about cutting to the point. Like, whoa, what's, what's going on here, Jesus? Like, there's the mic drop moment. Uh, but come on, we know Jesus. We know his character. He's not doing, out, doing this out of a bad heart. What he's doing is saying, hey, you think that the problem you have is coming here to get water, but the problem that you actually have goes so much deeper than that. And what he's saying is, I can actually heal you on this level instead of just trying to band-aid it at this level. You've got this thing on the inside that you weren't meant to be that way, but something, maybe something happened to you or someone did something or someone hurt you. And now you've got this thing, just like the bit of metal in my tire that keeps giving you a flat tire. And no no matter how many tubes you put in there, or in this case, no matter how many different partners you have, you're going to be left feeling the same. But the good news is, is that in a world full of Band-Aids, Jesus actually has the cure. What he's saying is, hey, I have this living water that's not just a pain manager. It's not just something that's going to make you feel better temporarily. I've actually got something for you that can heal you from the inside out. Just like my tire, the way that I had to fix it was actually get a uh, a little file out, file down this little bit of metal, And then all of a sudden, when I put tires in there, they don't go flat. When I put tubes in there, they don't go flat. And I think what, I think this is the conversation that Jesus is inviting us into. It's not a surface level, come and feel good on Sunday, and just that high will last through the week. What he's actually saying is, can we have a conversation about that thing that's in your heart? And it's not from a place of judgment. It's not from a place of you need to fix yourself because you're bad. It's from a place of, I can see that that thing in your heart is going to keep affecting you. It's going, to, it's going to keep letting you, leading you to the same conclusion of, here we go again. And what Jesus is saying is that I can actually file down that little piece of metal that's in your heart. That thing that happened when someone said something to you, that rejection that you felt when you were a kid that now actually kind of has framed the way that you live your life. Jesus is saying, I have the solution to that. Jesus is saying you can actually live free from that pain, from that shame. You don't have to look for things to fill that hole because that hole can be filled is what Jesus is saying. It's the good news about Jesus is that we don't actually have to live as victims to our circumstance or to what's happened to us. We don't have to live as victims to our brokenness, but rather He wants to heal us from the inside out. I think that's some good news, honestly. And it's a bit quiet here, but I realise that this is, this is kind of a, a, heavy, a heavy topic. But I think it's so important that we speak about this because can you imagine life healed? Can you imagine living life whole? It's just that thing, and I think if we all think we could, there'd be something that comes to our mind where it just feels like maybe it's a behaviour or an outcome. or and so if I could just... If I could just stop doing that, my life would be so much better. Like, if I could just stop hand-grenading my relationships, 
then it would be so much better. If, if I could just live a little bit more confident, yeah. if I could just stop for a second and, and look deeply and see that, yeah, I really struggle feeling accepted. And, and if I didn't struggle, like, can you imagine how good life would yeah. be? And I think that's what Jesus does as he enters into the conversation with us. He takes it to a place that maybe is a little bit uncomfortable. Maybe, you know, even as I'm saying this, you're like, oh no, it's that thing again. I've thought about this before. I've, I've tried to beat it before, but I'm still struggling with it. The good news is that Jesus doesn't come and say, yeah, that's bad, that's wrong. You're evil because you have that. He comes beside us and points us to a better future. And he says, can you imagine what your life would be if I would heal the source? You didn't have to keep treating the pain. You don't have to keep managing that pain. You don't have to keep managing that way that you feel I can actually heal you from the inside out. Now, this isn't always an instantaneous thing, but it's Jesus coming in to the conversation, saying, let's go on the journey together. I want to take you to a, on a journey of wholeness, on a journey of healing so you don't have to keep filling that hole. I love how Psalm 139, 23 to 24 puts it. It says, search me, O God, and know my heart. That's what Jesus wants. He wants to know your heart. He does know your heart. Try me and know my anxieties and see if there is any wicked way inside of me and lead me in the way of the everlasting. Now, I think we need to stop there because it's like any wicked way. Instantly, it's like, yeah, like, I don't know if for anyone else, it's like, yeah, flashbacks of, yeah, I feel wicked, I feel bad, I feel wrong. You know, the interesting thing is that the Hebrew word for wicked actually means pain, sorrow, or an idol. Something that's taken the place of God, something that's causing me sadness, or something that's causing me pain. You could put it this way. It's, in another way to phrase it would be a hurtful way. That's how the original readers would understand this scripture is, is Jesus, search my heart. And if there is a hurtful way inside of me, would you lead me onto the path of life? I think we can, isn't that so much more beautiful? We lose so much of the meaning with the word wicked because we have this image of what the word wicked means. It's a moral good or wrong. It's you're bad, you're evil, you're in, you're out. But what Jesus is actually saying is, hey, I want to look deep inside your heart and, and, and reveal to you the hurtful ways that you might even not know about, might be self, subconscious, and I want to lead you to life. And, and I just really have a feeling that if it's, even if I'm speaking and, and maybe reframing some things, that inside your heart, God's maybe revealing something. He's shining His light in a little area that you're like, God, are we going there? And He's like, we're going there. And He's saying, let's go. Let's go on a journey. Let's, let's reframe the way that you've been addressing that. And, and instead of feeling so bad about that, how about you just, just follow me? Yeah. I'll lead you. And I love what it says in, in Matthew 11, 28 to 30. And the, the message paraphrase just puts it so beautifully. So I'm going to read from there. It says, Jesus speaking, Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion or, or, or burned out on trying to earn wholeness? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely. 
and lightly. I don't know if there's anyone here tonight and and you're like, that's the cry of my heart. I want to learn to live freely. I want to be free from this thing, this burden, this, this thing that just seems to be broken on the inside of me. And you've got to know it's not, you're not bad. You're not evil. God wants to calm me. He's saying, hey, give that to me. Let's go on a journey. I'll show you how to live the life that you've always wanted to live. So conversations with Jesus. A lot can happen in a conversation with Jesus. One word from God can change it all. And I'm just really believing this evening that, that God's speaking to your heart, that maybe it's my voice that's projecting, but actually on the inside, that God, the Holy Spirit's doing something on the inside where you're starting to get a word. Maybe it is the word of, hey, you are accepted. And that's all it is. But it's God. He's speaking to you. He's saying, you're accepted. You're accepted. I accept you. I love you. I love you. It's one word. I love you. That's three words. But he's saying three words. He's saying three words. Maybe in Hebrew, it's one word. Who knows? But he's saying to your heart, (laughs) saying, I love you. He's saying, you're accepted. Saying, you don't have to change anything for me to love you. But if you would change some things, imagine how your life would be. If you would come on the journey with me, imagine how wonderful your life would be. I really believe that, that God's just, He's speaking, speaking some words. Maybe if it's something like, you know, it's time to let it go. Something you've been holding on to and it feels like it's time to, time to let it go. Maybe that one word is just forgive. Maybe, maybe someone wronged you or hurt you and it's time to forgive. It's I'm not saying that that was okay. It's not saying I want relationship necessarily with that person, but saying, hey, I'm, I'm going to build my half of the bridge. Uh, actually, I'm going to build the bridge the whole way over. Whether you choose to step on it or not, that's okay, but I'm going to do my part. Even though I might feel wronged, I'm not going to let offense get my heart. Conversations with Jesus. He's inviting you to a conversation, no matter who you are, no matter where you're from, no matter the color of your skin, no matter the religion of your parents, he's inviting you to a conversation. So I've got a couple of questions just as we wrap up. First question, do your conversations reflect Jesus or do you stop at the surface? I think this is so important for us to ask because this is the conversation Jesus engages with with us. Are we willing to do the same with people? Or will we let their faults and their flaws and the annoying things they do and say and their political opinions and what they think about the vaccine. Do we let those things stop us from engaging? Or do we actually engage like Jesus would? Engage on a deeper level. Do we, are we willing to hear the story behind the story? Or do we just judge at, at surface level? Are we willing to engage in conversations? Second question. Are you willing to dive in with Jesus to the depths of your heart? Because that's where He wants to take this conversation. Are you willing to dive in? Or are you, are you tapping out? Are you saying, that's good? Do you stop at the surface? And, and if you're willing to dive in, I wonder what He's bringing to the surface. And I think tonight, maybe there's some things being brought to the surface in some people's lives. And Jesus is saying, Let's go on a process of healing that. Let's, let's go on a process of slowly filing away that little bit of metal that keeps getting you a flat tire, that keeps making you feel stuck in the rut. Let's go on a journey of healing that. I guess the, 
the final conversation is, where are you at tonight? Are you still in the conversation? Or have you left maybe offended because Jesus wants to go somewhere you don't want to go? And I would encourage you. There's some things in our life below the surface that we need healing from. It's not that we're bad. It's not that we please hear my heart in that. It's not God judging us. It's God entering into our mess and saying, I want to take you to the places that you, you only ever imagined you could get to. So, so what we're going to do right now, I'd just love to invite you to stand with, us, with me. And I just think that, that maybe there are some things that are coming to the surface and, and again, maybe they're heavy things. Maybe it's stuff that you're like, oh, this, it actually carries a weight to even think about it. And, and I think we need the response of, Whatever that thing is, Jesus, I'm going to surrender it to you. I'm Jesus, I'm just, I'm, I'm putting the ball in your court. I, I want to go on the journey with you as we, we go through the process of healing, whatever that may be. And, and we're just going to worship. We're going to sing a really simple song. And the words are literally, lay your burdens down upon, down upon Him. And I think this is just a moment where a weight's going to lift off some people here this evening. As you just take a moment to say, I've been carrying this weight. I've been trying to fix this myself. I've tried to plug that hole with everything imaginable. But now I'm realizing it is time, Jesus, to lay it at your feet. Would you come and have your way? I'm sick of doing it my way. I want to follow you. I want to learn to live in those unforced rhythms of grace. I want to rediscover my life. So the team's going to just lead us in that right now. And, and I just want, would you make it real for you? If that's you, would you just take this moment, let it be the cry of your heart. Jesus said, I want to lay my burdens down. Lay your burdens down. Come on, everybody. Lay If you're comfortable, come on, let's sing, lay your burdens.
believe that there's some people here tonight and it's already like a weight has just lifted off you. It's like you've been carrying something and, and just that decision tonight to, to lay it down, to surrender it, to call it what it is, to invite Jesus to work in there. It's like something's already starting to change on the inside. And, and I, I just really encourage you, if, if that's you tonight, there's something specific. The Bible says that it's so powerful when we actually stop and we pray for one another. So I just encourage you, if you're in a life group, go and uh, talk to your life group leader or any of the, anyone you've been seen up here tonight with a microphone and you, there's something you'd like prayer for. Um, but especially, just go to your life group leader or a friend who bought you tonight and, and talk to them about that. There's so much power when we pray for one another. Hey, just one more thing before we finish. Um, Maybe you're new here, and maybe, maybe this whole thought of following Jesus is, is new to you. Uh, tonight was a little bit different. We probably, we, we didn't get stuck at the surface. We went, went a little bit deeper, and uh, hopefully it's not scaring you off. Hopefully there's something about that that's kind of inviting you in. Just like the conversation that Jesus wants to start with you. Uh, it's interesting. He knows everything about you, but He still wants to have a conversation with you. He's entered into your world, and... Now He's inviting you to step into His, to go on this journey of wholeness and, and, and real freedom on the inside. Um, and I just wonder if there's anyone here this evening and you're kind of, in your heart, you're saying, I, I want that. I, I want to start this journey with Jesus. I, I want to go on that journey. Uh, maybe you don't understand everything. Maybe it's very new to you, but you're kind of saying in your heart, I want to start that journey this evening.